Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus. Time to air your fantasy grievances. Who let you down this week? This week, I would love to talk about uh, Kyle generational talent pits. So <laughs> frustrating, right? <gasps> Finally, we all decide to bench him. And he has the game of, of his career, um, which sadly was not even that fair. I mean, he, he scored 16 and a half half PPR points. I mean, great outing for a tight end at this point. But uh, yeah, super frustrating. Uh, I personally benched him for Kate Otten, which was uh, not great and cost me a game, uh, cost me a win. Uh, but yeah, I know, I know I can't be the only one uh, in the fantasy realm who did that. Uh, so now, of course, now he's back on the table and we have to, you know, put him into lineups and I'm sure he's going to get uh, goose eggs and two points and, you know, three targets and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, kind of annoyed uh, with Kyle Pitts this week. It's the worst kind of fantasy bus, the one that you can't really bench, but like you need but to I bench. But I did, and, and yeah, myself. It's frustrating, very, very frustrating. Yeah. I'm with you, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, screw Kyle Pitts, be good or be bad, stop this yes. flip-flop thing. Now let's get to the show. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-hosts, Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Chris, you're back, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I had a fun trip out to Oklahoma City just this past week. Uh, ready to actually dive back into the week nine. So I can't believe we're already at like week nine already. The season's it halfway so over. Fast. It's yeah, so fast. Yeah. It feels like a slog, but now we're sitting here like, you know, we're just a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving. So that's pretty cool. But otherwise, I'm, I'm doing all right. Jen, how you doing? I'm good. I, for one, uh, yeah, I'm excited that we're halfway through. I'm tired, <laughs> um, but no, um, things are good. I'm uh, enjoying some Halloween candy still. Uh, we, I think I've been enjoying Halloween candy for a week now, and I still, my son came home with an enormous loot last night. So, you know, of course I have to sample things and make sure they're okay. No, oh, yeah, you know? it's, it's, it's the responsible thing to do as a parent. It is. I mean, he's 13 now, so it's not like I can sneak. He knows what's in there. Um, but fortunately, he's he's a sharer, which is fantastic. Brandon, how are you? How did your Halloween go? I know you guys have been sick over there in, in your house. Yeah. So luckily, I was the last one to get sick. And I still I'm at a threat for a coughing fit at any moment this episode. But I feel good. I just the cough is lingering. Uh, we had fun. It was pouring rain. Uh, my girls were uh, had a really nice time anyway. We walked around the neighborhood. We got lots and lots of candy. Uh, we had a little Princess Bell, and we yeah. had a Sky, the pup from Paw Patrol. So that, that oh, was, nice, was for our costume. Nice. Uh, they had a very nice time. And also, I started re-watching Seinfeld for fun, Jen. So uh, oh, the Fantasy dude. Festivus now just makes me think of that. <laughs> Anytime that you would like. We could do an entire pod on any we episode. <laughs> you could just drop any episode, and I can give you it all. At so any now we're talking about topics for next week's podcast when I'm not here. So That's there you right. go. You got we can do the entire up. thing. We can Let's do, just we can watch do. the book detective episode let's just watch it for the oh. entire episode let's just do that mr bookman i love that one you know we could do like Perfect. seinfeld characters as we fantasy could. football people <laughs> oh we could draft that's right i mean I, 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 we're going off the rails i'll stop this before <laughs> i i take us too far down the well here uh just a reminder this is our weekly streaming episode where we'll emphasize hot pickups for the primary streaming positions that's quarterback tight end kicker and defense uh let's check out how we did last week our sleeper streamer of the week which was daniel jones and uh didn't end up very well, unfortunately. Seattle shut him down. He was 25th. Other quarterback streamers, Ryan Tannehill, ends up being incomplete. 
Although Malik Willis came in and I said I kind of liked Willis. And if he did start, he was awful. Was as bad as you could possibly get. Cost me a, a, a matchup. And then P.J. Walker at 16th. Pretty good. Pretty good outing for P.J. Walker. Um, he's he's earned that starting job. And they're going to keep going with that. So that's good. Uh, tight end streamers. Uh, Kate Otten. Jen, Kate Otten did We not already touched out. on that. We don't need to go there again. We did. 35th. Juwan Johnson, 37th, was also tough. But you also mentioned Greg Dulcich, the rookie, who was tight end eight on the week, which is fantastic. Uh, your kickers, I think, were overall pretty solid. Jake Elliott uh, tied for kicker 18. Jason Sanders tied for kicker 11. But the delta there, it wasn't very big. Uh, Greg Joseph struggled, kicker 26. And Jason Myers tied for the kicker three. So kicker three that week, which is great. Uh, defenses, Nick Bodiford came on. Uh, he writes the weekly streaming column over at 444.com. Listeners should definitely check that out. Uh, he came on and he recommended the Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts, and Carolina Panthers, who all tied for 17th for defense 17. Kind of a rough week for streaming, but I, I don't think there were better options. I think just none of the streaming options turned into phenomenal uh, things for us. Uh, week nine buys. It's going to be a big streaming week because the Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers are all off this week. Big bye week. I know that my DAC teams, my DAC CD Lamb teams were very excited last week and are now staring into the abyss of a bye week, unfortunately. Um, but before I keep rambling about that and the woes of a couple of my fantasy teams, uh, Chris, our top quarterback streamer is our sleeper streamer of the week. Who did you bring with us today? to uh to have as our sleeper streamer quarterback of the week uh so i'm going with andy dalton this week and i wrote a, a you know starting the week off starting to look at matchups like on sunday afternoon doing most of the analysis throughout monday and then of course we do the show today and on sunday and then yesterday everything looked like andy dalton would be like the the primary like streaming option for this week and i'd still rank him like or at least I, if i had to rank them or tier them i, I still would put him as as my top streamer this week but it comes with a caveat because if folks were paying attention to the trade deadline today, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens did wind up trading 4-1 Roquan Smith like from the Chicago Bears, which changes yeah. the calculus just a little bit like for uh, like for Andy Dalton. Because beforehand, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, middling in terms of quarterback pressures, uh, but the, really the, the key matchup was just what they can do in their secondary. So if Dalton wasn't feeling a ton of pressure, he could at least take advantage of their weak secondary as of right now. I mean, 22nd, 23rd in terms of EPA allowed like per uh, per drop back. Uh, so at least the matchup set up well for him, and especially with what Alvin Kamara has been capable of doing over the past few weeks with Dalton in the lineup. I mean, just stark differences in terms of the target shares like for Alvin Kamara since Andy Dalton has been under center. I mean, Greg Rosenthal put out a tweet that basically just said like, that's the reason why Andy Dalton has the job, which is absolutely true with Jameis Winston under center. I think uh, Alvin Kamara only had like 11, 12, 17% somewhere in there. I mean, averaging like 23 to 24% target share, like with Dalton under center. So all of it kind of lines up for Andy Dalton to be at least the top streamer this week. But now with this little twist, what this one trade, I think it does kind of change like how we can project Dalton's, I guess, upside like for this week, because he can't continually dump off the ball to Alvin Kamara, you know, for nine, 10, 11 targets again. That'd be great. My fantasy teams would really appreciate it, but we do need some other uh, pass catchers in the offense to step up in order for him to really take off. I mean, Chris Olave, no problems, but like I will Rashid Shahid, I mean, could see him maybe pop off for another big game. We'll see if Jarvis Landry is supposed to be back this week, but now with the Ravens, uh, the Ravens actually taking a shot at upgrading their defense. 
I mean, it does at least, it requires a bit more from the Saints offense for me to be at least fully on board, like uh, for Dalton to be the top streamer for this week. Yeah, I uh, I like it. That Saints offense is kind of fun to watch with Andy Dalton back there, which I, I didn't think were words I would say this season, but it's been kind of fun to do that. And of course, Camara was one of a slew of players with tons and tons of ta- touchdowns for fantasy managers last week. Uh, listeners, don't forget Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform. It has excellent custom settings for fantasy commissioners. You want to do Dynasty, Redraft, IDP, you name it. Easily accessible, wildly mobile friendly. So go download the app and join or start a league today. Uh, Chris, I know you've got more quarterbacks for us. What, what other quarterbacks did you bring? Uh, I do have, I've got Marcus Mariota. So for Mariota going up against the chargers. Now the chargers, they're coming off their bye, but still having to travel from the West coast, like to the East coast. Not that that's a massive thing. I mean, we've seen, you know, player teams having to travel dud out, uh, but not really expecting that, or at least using that as a factor, just more about the defense itself. I mean, the Chargers right now, they're 14th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, but really it's just about like their rushing defense, like so far. I mean, we've seen a number of teams being able to get over them at like five, six, like seven yards per carry, at least, and being efficient, like on the ground. And with the Atlanta Falcons right now, I mean, back into the league in terms of pass rate over expectation, and even just this past week. So Throughout the first half, I can understand like when the game was relatively neutral against the Panthers, uh, Atlanta had about a negative 13% password over expectation through the first half. That's fine. I mean, Arthur Smith wants to establish it. We know this. That's fine. But in the fourth quarter, just the fourth, fourth quarter, and all the chaos ensued with the P.J. Walker bomb to D.J. Moore. I mean, all the back and forth that happened. I mean, almost like, you know, 20 some odd points scored just in that one quarter alone. They actually passed less than expected. They were down to like a negative 14% pass rate over expectation just in that one quarter when the game was essentially on the line. So there's really no impetus for the Falcons to continue passing or at least try and pass more, despite the fact that we saw Kyle Pitts had his first great game, like Jen was talking about earlier. So even if there is some of a, something of a shootout, so let's say you know Justin Herbert gets in, uh, starts connecting more with Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, we know that Mike Williams isn't going to be there or whatever. I mean, even the shootout potential isn't really what's going to drive Marcus Mariota like as a potential fantasy streamer. It's just more about his rushing. We know that in terms of uh, design rushing attempts, top six, top eight in the league amongst all quarterbacks like so far. So really, that's the only thing we can hang our hat on. And it's just the volume that he's going to be able to get and the fact that the Chargers haven't been able to stop the run throughout most of the season. So with that, at least he provides more upside but at least we know with rushing, as we saw with Daniel Jones this past week, it makes his floor somewhat more volatile than we would like. I have a question. Oh, go ahead, Jen. Um, this little graphic over here, can can someone explain that? Is that E.T.? Like, am I just too old? What is that? Oh, no. So what happened was E.T. was really successful. And all the <laughs> other uh, movie uh, production companies were like, we need an E.T. And so they made a really oh, crappy one a few years later. They called copy it Mac and E.T. called Mac and Me. I, I didn't. Gotcha. I, that makes yeah. more sense. Now. Okay. So, Chris, you didn't know either then, right? No, I didn't know either. I thought I, I was on the E.T. train, but I was like. Did they make a second ET and I just okay, didn't know so, about it? And I'm sorry to take us off. I just saw that. I was like, what in the world is that? All right. Back to, no, back, it's true. Back it, to it, quarterbacks. It's like whenever there's a big movie out, like you'll be like, they'll be like Wakanda forever is coming out. And then later on, they'll be like, oh, yeah. shmakanda <laughs> yeah, or totally. It will be like a straight to DVD <laughs> I just, release. That happens I guess I missed that. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I saw ET in the theater. Like I remember it very well, but yeah. I definitely do not remember the, the copycat. 
Interesting. It was, it was a few years later and is uh, just as much quality as it looks as though it oh, is. Oh, I'm so, sure yeah. it was. Your expectations bad. looking at that at that <laughs> picture are spot on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, Chris, if Cordero Patterson, who uh, we don't know if he's going to be activated yet, but he is eligible to be activated mm-hmm. this week and it's possible if he plays, does that change anything for Mario? Is that better? Is it worse? Is it the same? I would say that it it's neutral. I mean, it provides another pass catching option like for Mariota because we know he's not going to throw it more to Drake London or anything like that. And at least it eliminates some of like the bad pass catchers that he was throwing to just this past week. I, so I would say that if he has like more efficient options to throw to, should he choose to on like, let's say the 15 ish attempts he's probably going to make in the game, then so much the better. Uh, but we were already at least somewhat concerned about, you know, Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, like any of those guys, like taking over the rushing touchdowns. I would say that Cordero Patterson coming back would just cannibalize their production versus completely taking away anything that Marcus Merida would be able to provide us. That makes sense. That makes sense. Anybody else for us? Uh, the graphic is that I say that like the graphics <laughs> not staring right at us. But, right. You know. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, so, I mean, the dude's a gamer. I mean, it looks like it's, you know, at least from what we see, like week in and week out, doesn't have the strongest arm, but at least his scrambling is there. I mean, his, I don't know, it's always the the uh, superlatives that you have to try with them. He's got moxie, he's got grit, he keeps the commanders in games, blah, 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 blah. But at the very least, I mean, he is capable of continuing to move the ball down the field. I mean, we saw Terry McLaurin's target share has increased over the past couple of weeks with him back under center. Curtis Samuel's still getting his. The only problem is the Minnesota, who they're playing against, uh, their defensive front. They're able to get to Kyler Murray on a number of plays, which is surprising considering we would expect Kyler Murray to be the scrambling type, capable of eluding most of the pressure. I mean, but taking four sacks on 14 pressures just on Sunday, that's something of a concern. But if we look at over the entire season, Kyler Murray's pressure to sack ratio is something that Sports Info Solutions tracks. It's actually fairly high. So it's uh, something of a concern. We're hoping that now with DeAndre Hopkins, it will start to come back down. But at least knowing with Taylor Heineke, uh, uh, with Heineke specifically, knowing that he has those pass catchers in front of him, McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and now also seeing more work from both Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, he has those pass catching options there in front of him so that he should be able to at least elude some of the pressure. And also scrambling keeps drives alive as well. So I would say that while it's more it's more of a lower end play, just because we don't technically see as much rushing production from Heineke as we usually do, got a rushing score this past week, can't expect it. Overall, though, against the Minnesota Vikings, who are, if I remember correctly, let's say 19th, 20th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, it's at least a decent matchup if you're in a deeper streaming type, uh, if you need a deeper streaming option. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Taylor Heineke, people. My favorite one is my favorite superlative, which means nothing, is he plays the right way. I always hear yeah. that. And it, yeah. It means absolutely uh, nothing. It, it doesn't me mean anything, but it's just like he does all of the things. Like if you look at his highlights, it's like, oh, yeah, I want that type of quarterback on my team. And then when he's on your team, he's like, oh, yeah. I don't like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. We need somebody else. Uh, Jen, yeah. t- Terry McLaurin, Chris mentioned Terry McLaurin thriving with uh, uh, with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. He's actually the wide receiver eight over the past two weeks. Um, is he a buy low target like have people caught up to terry mccorrin being back and the quarterback change being good for him is he someone you're targeting um i actually have him um mm. and so i'm thrilled that he and you know and he's he's a guy that you start every week but you're you know have been disappointed um in the beginning part of the season so um, i'm personally happy to see this i don't know if i buy it yet so um I, you know i think with with the way things are um, and all the buys coming up. Yeah, I think he's probably a buy low guy, um, depending on what you're giving up for him. But, uh, you know, I have him, so I'm happy to see him doing well. 
like I said, I'm not a hundred percent sold that this is going to continue. I would love for it to, but um, I guess we'll see. There's no way Wentz comes back, right, Jen? Like, yeah, uh, yeah they, they're not they're not giving it back to Yosemite Wentz. There's no way. Uh, Chris, so let's ta- let's uh, talk about your last quarterback. Also, the last one, and this is, I would say, mostly narrative, but at least there is some data backing it. Uh, so, looking at the, so it's Mac Jones like versus the Colts, and for all intents and purposes, it, at least the way that the Colts have been behaving, it looks like they're waving the white flag on the season. I mean, they just fired their OC. They ship off Naheem Hines uh, to the Buffalo Bills and they get back Zach Moss in the deal. Jonathan Taylor himself is like running on a bum ankle at this point. They have Sam Ellinger in at quarterback. So all intents and purposes, this is a lost season for the Indianapolis Colts. Now enter the Patriots defense, who has essentially been able to not necessarily shut down, but at least force enough turnovers through interception fumbles and things of that nature against erratic quarterbacks in order to set up the Patriots like on short fields. Just this past week, when the Patriots played the Jets. I mean, they were able to force enough turnovers or stall up enough drives that their starting position for uh, on the, their average starting position on drives just this past week was on their own 43-yard line. Average starting position. Chris, I love you, man. That's awesome. You so, brought average starting position to, to this podcast. I love it. That's why, I mean, you got to dig deep for stuff like this because if you just looked at the name and then you looked at the matchup, you're like, well, I'm not doing that. But at least, you know, because of the defense, if they are set up with some of those short fields, could lead them to some short scores. We know that he's now targeting Jacoby Myers, Ramon J. Stevenson, with Devontae Parker's knee banged up at this point. So at least if he can probably get in for a couple of short scores, I can see Mac Jones at least being at least a you know a decent, a bit in a decent but deep uh, streaming option for week nine. So since I call Zach Wilson Zachity Zach, I can't call Mac Jones Mackity Mac, right? I can't do nah, that. You can't. Yeah, you got to do something. Yeah. Di- I mean, they're in the. I mean, yeah, because they're in the same division and all that. You got to find like something different. Right? I think. I think so too. I agree. I was. I was playing with it, but I think it's. I yeah. think you're right, Chris. I think Can it's I just dead wrong. Point out one more thing about about this graphic. They even do the little finger thing. Like, uh-huh. come yeah. on, man. Yeah. It, it's almost like dead on. I mean, I'm That's... surprised there weren't any sort of like copyright infringement. I mean, or something right? Like that. I mean, they're like, doing the whole. It's it's way too close. Like, like, why like, is yeah. there not a photo of him inside the you know with the stuffed animals in the closet? At the very least, that's infringing on my childhood. Right. Like that, <laughs> that that picture right there. That's what that's doing right there. Yeah. I love this. I love I love that Mac and me is the the most upsetting thing on this episode. Let's right. let's do Mac and me as next week's festivist, Jen. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, our our job. We're gonna watch Mac and me. And I'm just we'll we'll just by just the still photographic. I'm very upset. <laughs> uh let's see here uh real quick mh just popped on um not sure if you discussed these players yet uh cordero patterson kyron williams chuba hubbard alan lazard any better wide receivers running backs on waivers so uh check out our waiver episode that that came out i think yesterday for sure where where they touch a little bit more on running backs and wide receivers uh but i would say I mean, I put up, you know, I I put up Hubbard in my stash article this week just because, we, you know, he was hurt last week. But the week before he was technically the starter. And, you know, so we don't know if Foreman, you know, we don't know if it's going to go back to a split. So I think if we're in a position where you need somebody, you know, you need a body in there as your RB two or three. Like, I don't see, you know, I don't see how you don't grab him uh, if he's ready to go. Yep. I would definitely say go ahead and check out the. Oh, yeah. Sal already put it in the chat. Uh, but yeah, the waiver wire watch list, uh, written by John Dago, like every single week, 
but yeah, Kenyon Drake up at the very top, given Gus Edwards' injury, that should be like the the top of everybody's list at this point. Jeff Wilson with his trade to the Dolphins. Uh, that should also be because most folks might have dropped him just given his situation in San Francisco with CMC coming over. And then Isaiah Pacheco, I know everybody's probably picked him up already, but we're seeing like more and more of him like over the last couple of weeks, and especially what I think Kansas City is like a 10 and a half point favorite or something along those lines against the Titans. And in positive game scripts, that's when we've seen Pacheco get the most of the carries like for uh, for Kansas City. So that's just a few running backs off the top of my head. Yeah, absolutely. And receivers, uh, Alec Pierce, if he's available, he's quietly getting five targets a game. So he, he's not a terrible option. He, no. um, Terrace Marshall is a good deep guy. Yeah. If you're yep, another good one. But again, you know, we don't really know who's on your wire. So it's, you know, we're, we're throwing <laughs> KJ Osborne guys. with Adam Thielen's uh, knee injury or something like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, or ankle, whatever was wrong with Thielen after Sunday. Sure. Okay. Uh, Jen, let's yes. get to your tight end streamers because I want to hear about them. Yeah, no, you really don't. Uh, tight end this week is is very ugly. So, you know, you usually ask, is this a good week or a bad week? Yep. This is a bad week. Uh, there's a lot of ugliness at tight end. You know, all the guys that I usually talk about on this podcast every Tuesday are now rostered beyond streaming you know, yeah. capacity at 40%. And so we're we're dipping into the ugly, ugly realm of tight end. But uh, I do have three names for us this week. Um, not the best matchups for two of them. But um, all right, I'll start off. First guy is Tyler Conklin uh, against the Bills. Uh, he is 12% rostered right now. Like I said, not a good matchup. The Bills are first against tight ends in schedule justice fantasy points allowed. However, uh, Conklin is coming off a tight end one outing. He had 10 targets last week. So him and Zachity Zach are, yeah, uh, he blew up. are, you know, are back in sync, I guess. Um, and, you know, the Jets are, have gone more pass heavy, uh, I assume, because Brees Hall is out, whatever reason. But they seem to be going more pass heavy. If that continues, Conklin, you know, could be all right. Like I said, not a great matchup, but times are tough. So he's a body and he will probably get some volume. So that's my first guy. He's been good. It's hard to argue with picking up Tyler Conklin. Just yeah, I mean, I had him doing. and then I dropped him and then, you know, how that goes. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try to get him back this week if I can uh, to replace. Uh, I think I have Greg, Greg Dulcich in that one league that is on a bye. Um, all right. So second guy, once again, it's kind of iffy. A, iffy matchup. B, iffy guy in front of him. And that's Isaiah Likely. Uh, he's playing on the road against the Saints. He is 5% rostered. Mark Andrews is dealing with a shoulder and a knee injury from, you know, the week prior. Not sure if his knee is full or not, you know, back to health, but he also has a shoulder, which, you know, Harbaugh says is not a real, you know, not a big deal, but we don't know if that, you know, how true that is. Um, you know, likely put up, uh, he had six catches for 77 yards and a touchdown uh, in Andrews absence last week. Saints, not a great matchup. They are tough versus tight ends as well, but, um, unfortunately it's going to be kind of a wait and see. I think it's one of those things though, honestly, at this point with how bare tight end is, even if Andrews is a go, I mean, you can still throw likely in there and hope he gets something because I think, you know, it's one of those things where you take the genie out of the bottle or the toothpaste out of the tube or whatever. Like, I don't see them just not playing likely because Andrews is healthy. There's not a lot of pass yeah. catchers on that offense as it is right. Rashad Bateman is out. I mean, we're looking at what Deshaun Jackson and then so James Prochet. Come on now. Basically, oh, yeah. basically just Duvernay and Prochet are, yeah. are, are really so, the guys. I think likely actually has stand. I mean, not a lot of tight end twos have standalone value, but he actually may be one that, that'll have some, um, especially if they want to rest Andrews. Not sure. And it is a later game, which just makes that tough too. But he's so, my second. 
since you're talking likely, just uh, Daniel yeah. Duong came in with a question, said oh. uh, Conklin, Conklin over likely if Andrews is out. So if we know Andrews is out going into Saturday, would you start Conklin or likely? If Andrews is out, I'd probably go likely. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. but I, I, think I, I agree with that. You'd likely go likely? I'd likely go likely. Uh, God, God, the likely puns on Twitter are, br- are brutal. It's true. Brutal. They're, they're about as bad as dad jokes. They're bad. That one wasn't bad, though, Chris. I have to say. Like, I'm cool with it. But I see a lot of them. It's like, ugh. Anyway. All right. Um, third guy. Third and final guy. Uh, Logan Thomas. Uh, playing Minnesota. He is 6% rostered. So he came back last week. He was not targeted. Um, however, he did run 20 routes of the 39 dropbacks. Hopefully it was kind of an easing in situation and maybe this week he'll actually get targets. Uh, The Vikings are allowing 12 points, uh, 12 adjusted fantasy points to the tight end position, which is the seventh highest. So it is a good matchup. And as you know, Chris has Heineke in there as uh, as, as a streamer, We'll, we'll throw Logan Thomas in the mix. I mean, it's somewhat risky. Like I said, he didn't get one target last week, but he, you know, he was out for, I think he's been out since week four. So maybe it was an ease back in and, um, you know, you could do worse, I guess. <laughs> you could do worse. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. About Logan Thomas is an interesting uh, option in general because he's been productive in the past and the offense is humming a little better. But you're right. It's sure it's sure scary. I I, I hope Conklin are likely are available. Yeah, it's not, um, you know, it's the better matchup of the three, but it's it's definitely sketchy. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's a deep league, a 16 teamer where there's nothing there and he's there, you know? And I, like I said, with, with six teams on buys and players hurt all over the place, tight end is, is extremely gross. So it is what it is. Is kicker any better? Uh, yes. Kicker is actually pretty good this week. Uh, are we going in? All right. Um, so <laughs> for the like 900th time this season, Jake <laughs> Elliott is my stop streamer for the week. I mean, he's still only 27% rostered. He didn't have a great outing last week. I think he was kicker 18. Um, however, this week, uh, he's in a great spot. They're playing in Houston. Right now, the Eagles are two touchdown favorites. It was it, it was at 13 this morning when I wrote my kicker streaming article, and it is now up to 14. So it's a 14-point spread for the Eagles, and they even now raised their team implied total one point as well. So they're at a 29.5, which is the second highest implied team total of the week. So Eagles, you know, should put a lot of points on the board against Houston, and Jake Elliott should uh, be there for that. Um, and then as an added bonus, the Texans are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to kickers. So all the things add up. The process, Elliot, is there. I know that you guys are sick of him. I'm sick of him, but it is what it is. You it know? baffles me that the the Eagles kicker isn't on, on, on every roster. I, you know, I, I have a ton of him, and I'm just keeping him. And what's crazy is that when I was looking today, I was looking for at like the look ahead stuff and I was looking for Graham Gano like at the bottom. He's like 60 something percent rostered. I'm like, so you guys are rostering Graham Gano and then the Eagles, one of the highest, like, you know, the undefeated best team in the, you know, whatever. Anyway, I thought that was kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, that's kicker one. Kicker two is kind of rough, but I'm, I'm still, you know, I have to go with my process because it's the same process I've been using for years, but we're looking at Dustin Hopkins slash Taylor Bertolette slash other. Um, they are playing in Atlanta. Right now, Hopkins, I haven't seen anything yet as to whether he's coming back or not. I know he had that hammy and a bunch of other things, I guess. But um, And then Taylor Bertolette at the moment is still on the practice squad. He didn't – I don't know if they're going to elevate him. Or they may bring in a veteran. You know, we'll see. It's, it's still early in the week. Uh, but either way, they're playing on the road in Atlanta. They are three-point favorites with a 26.25 implied team total. 
Chargers, you know, they haven't been great, but they're coming off a bye. They should be refreshed. Maybe they'll be ready to score some points. So he's my second guy. Really, I mean, I, they're not really in order. Let's just say that. He's he's an option. I wanted to I wanted to ask Chris real quick what he mm-hmm. thinks of Herbert um coming off a bye. You think he's a little healthier? Can we be optimistic that this offense will start humming again? Keenan Allen may be back. Like, I know we're going to miss Mike Williams, but are, are you optimistic about Herbert getting back to where, like, we expected Herbert to be for the rest of the season? Or do you think they're going to continue to struggle? Uh, uh, no, I think so. If if Keenan Allen is back, then yes, it can come it can come back to normal because that's Keenan Allen is the type of receiver that makes that offense go. He doesn't make Herbert go. He makes that offense, that Joe Lombardi offense go that requires like those shorter to intermediate like crossing pat uh, crossing routes in order to convert on third downs because outside of that, they haven't been able to do anything. Like they've been one of the most like inefficient offenses, like on first and second down, because Herbert doesn't throw deep, like on first and second downs. Like I think he has one of the lowest average depths of target uh, of any passer in the league, like on first and second down. Like he's throwing four, like it's like five and a half air yards, like per attempt on first and second down, which is absolutely ridiculous considering he has a howitzer attached to his right shoulder. So if he does have Keenan Allen back and they still are put back into those like third and five, third and seven, like type situations. Keenan Allen's the type of receiver that she would lean on in order to create separation to convert on those types of on those types of attempts. It's not going to be Mike Williams. I mean, one, because he's injured, and that's not the type of the archetype of player Mike Williams is. That's not the type of player Josh Palmer is. It's not the type of player DeAndre Carter is, not the type of player Gerald Everett is. So, like that offense needs Keenan Allen. So if he's back, then yes, I think Herbert can get back to like where he's at. If not, it's going to be another rough outing. It'll be it'll be the Austin Eckler show if if he's not back, and that's fine, that's fine with me. Yeah, I, I, I like this. My my four for four staff dynasty team is very Herbert and Allen centric, so I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping yeah. to come back. So uh, so Jen, I'm sorry I cut you off. You've oh, got you're two good. more kickers for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know I'll, I'll go quick. Uh, third guy, Matt Prater against Seattle. Remember we highlighted this game in week six as a big shootout. Um, and then Matt Prater didn't end up going. It was Matt Amendola and whatever, but. Back the same same matchup again. Um, this time in Arizona, uh, the Cardinals are favored by two, which I think is kind of I'm not sure how I feel about Surprising. that. But uh-huh. They are, um, and they are uh, their team implied total is twenty six point two five. So I mean, decent matchup. He's only nine percent rostered. Matt Prater is usually pretty solid. So um, you know, if he's there, I think he's a good option. Uh, and then fourth and final uh, bonus uh, is our boy Jason Sanders, just you know because yeah. Um, they're on the road in Chicago. He's only 17% rostered. Miami's a five-point uh, favorite in this one uh, as as the uh, road road favorite. Uh, their team implied total is not fantastic, 24 and a half. But uh, I think you know they it's the Dolphins. They they've found a way to score points all season, and uh, they've been playing well. And Chicago is not. So there we go. Offense is humming. That give give me Tua. Give me that offense. Yes. Jalen Waddle out all there. Yeah. I love it. it. I love it. I love it. Uh, no, those are great options. I can't believe Jason Sanders, Sanders and Matt Prater are that low. Ross. I know. I don't really know what's going on with people. Like every time I go to write my article and I pull it up and I, I'm always just confused at, uh, you know, what, like, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, we know the, the deal. People don't care about pickers and they just go by kind of names and, you know, they'll have young way you know, and, and, you know, the, the, the names that they're used to and they just kind of ignore, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, those guys are all uh, fantastic uh, options, not fantastic, but they're all good options this week. If you need them. 
Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, Jelly of the Month just asked. They've got Mark Andrews trying to pick up Isaiah Likely or Juwan Johnson uh, since they're both Monday night. Need to drop someone, Wandale Robinson or Rashad Bateman. Uh, Chris, you first. Would you drop Wandale Robinson or Rashad Bateman to pick up a, a tight end rental? I think at this point, you probably safe to drop Rashad Bateman. It's sounding like at least when him re-aggravating his Liz Frank injury this past week, uh, I mean, at best, I mean, he looks like he's going to miss another at least one to two weeks. If not, he'll be shut down for a little bit longer. So, I mean, with Wandale actually like not having any setbacks over the past couple of weeks over his hamstring injury that kept him out for a while, Daniel Jones starting to trust him a bit more as a pass catcher. I would lean more towards holding Wandale, even though they're on bye this week. But I think even when they come back, they have a decent stretch of games like uh, for the next like, couple of weeks. So they, they play the, uh, the Texans coming out of their bye, if I'm remembering correctly. So, yeah, so not a bad, at least short-term stretch of games like for the Giants coming out of their bye. So I'd hold on to Wandale. I'm sad to agree with you, but I do agree with you just because I love Rashad Bateman. Yeah, yeah it's just another season for him, and that, that sucks. I like jelly. I wonder what kind of jelly of the month we're talking yeah, is it? And I wonder. I wonder if it's like a spicy jelly, like a yeah. habanero jelly, or if right. it's like straight yeah. up like, fruit, like mm-hmm. fancy, like you know, craft jellies or what? That's a thing, craft jelly. I don't know. I just made it up, but you know, oh, maybe, I was about to say, I'm about maybe. to I'm Google that. Artisanal here. jellies. I'm sure it's a thing. Oh yeah, Charlie the Bacon Guy, meet yeah. jelly of the month. Yeah, exactly. meet jelly of the month. That's a bacon jelly for jelly of the month. Absolutely. Yeah. Christmas vacation. That's right. That's right. Christmas vacation. Shout out to that. Oh, oh, yeah. oh okay. my gosh. Yeah. I forgot all about that. I did too. I'm, I'm kind of ashamed of myself for forgetting I am that. too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I so was we were just talking it. about like classic movies with like E.T. and all that stuff. I went just straight like to jelly just of the like month. Food yeah. And not thinking about. I know that. that's the fat kid in me. Just yep. like, oh yeah, jelly. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Duong, I, I agree. I'm a little worried about one snap count as well, but I do think that uh, when he's on the field, he's getting looks, which is interesting to me. So one uh, isn't somebody that I'm r- running out to make sure that I'm starting him every week, but I, I like rostering him where I can. So that that's my thoughts, Daniel uh, defense streamers of the week. It's a bad week to stream defenses. I'm just going to be honest. Like it's, it's kind of gross. I don't really like any of these options that much, but you know, if you need to do something, then here's uh, here's what I like. I would say the Seattle Seahawks are an interesting option this week. Uh, they're playing the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, I like the Arizona offense, so it's not a great matchup. But they did just shut Arizona down a couple weeks ago, obviously out without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Seahawks are quietly the defense six on the season. Uh, they've got a young secondary. They're playing opportunistically, led by the rookie Tariq Wolin, who I love. He's got four picks. Tied for the league lead. Um, last time they met Arizona, they were the defense too. Uh, Arizona, Hopkins looks good, but they don't look right offensively. And and the offensive line isn't playing great. Like three other starters are questionable going into the week. So I think that Seattle with the young pass rusher, Boye Mafe, who just got his second sack this week, and the interior, uh, the interior rush that they're getting with guys like Puna Ford, I think they'll be able to do just enough to create some turnovers, uh, which I like. They had five sacks last week. Uh, Cardinals are 10th in sacks allowed, so there's something there. So uh, I I like that. Uh, Chiefs versus Titans. This one is kind of a matchup-based thing. The Chiefs' defense isn't good. Uh, The Titans, however, they got hurt Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis, who looked terrible. And then most importantly, the Chiefs, they're actually third in the league in rushing yards allowed per game. Uh, part of that is game script, but a lot of that is just that they struggle to stop the run. They've got guys that get after the quarterback. 
They got athletic rangy linebackers and they don't, you know, Nick Bolton's really the only run stopper on that defense. So uh, if they can hold, because they just held Jonathan Taylor to 3.4 yards per carry, Austin Eckler to 2.8 yards per carry. So um, if they could hold Derrick Henry to like a modest outing and force Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill to pass, then I think that they may come out and be able to get some of those turnovers and some of those sacks that I'm looking at. So uh, control the pace is going to be important. I don't love them, but the Titans are only 24th in points per game. There's some questions going. Uh, so the Chiefs, if you're desperate, I think are out there. And then Vikings at the Commanders. I, I'm with Chris that I like Taylor Henneke a lot. Uh, what he's done, at least at least within the realm of Taylor Henneke, I like him a lot. Um, Vikings defense, 14 on the season. They're not bad. Uh, Washington's fourth in sacks allowed, and Zadarius Smith is tied for the league lead with eight and a half sacks with Matthew Judon. Um, tied for second in the league in turnover differential, tied for sixth in turnovers, including seven interceptions. Colts struggled against Washington last week, but Green Bay was the defense nine two weeks ago with Heineke under center. So Vikings, if you need them, they haven't been a great defense. They've got holes, they've got problems, but if you need a defense and you can't get Seattle, then the Vikings, I like just as much as the chiefs in this situation. Uh, but again, not a great, not a great week to go after it. Um, Jen, I want to get your take. On Minnesota, real quick before we go, they are the quietest six and one in the league right now, and that that I, I don't I, I don't feel like any either offense or defense they're really lighting things up. They're just coming away with victories. What's your take on Minnesota? I think it's just always uh, they seem to always be that way. I think it's like the Kirk Cousins thing. Like nobody takes him seriously, nobody takes them seriously. Um, you know, I'm sure they like it that way, but I think that they're you know there's a lot going on in that division. That, uh, that is taking more of the focus away, right? You've got, you know, the implosion of Green Bay. You've got, you know, the Bears, like what's going, you know, and, and, you know, you also have the Lions kind of have their own stuff. So I feel like they just, they're just kind of getting lost in the shuffle, which I'm sure they like it that way. But, uh, you know, they have very good pieces, you know, on both sides of the ball. So it's not surprising. I just think they're kind of that team that always, you know, no one really pays attention unless you're in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. They're kind of interesting to um, to keep an eye on, especially with the offensive talent they have there. Uh, Chris, uh, daggers real quick before we go. How much uh, fab would you spend on Evan Ingram this week? Uh, Sal was kind enough uh, to say about 5 to 10% of the budget. That's probably close to uh, what's in our waiver wire article. Do you agree with that, Chris and Jen? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think Evan Ingram right now over the past few weeks, third on the team in routes run. Uh, just with also, let's see, close to like, is he leading the team in targets? Let me go and check. Let's see. Yeah, he's tied for the, uh, actually, he is leading the team in targets over the, over the past month of play. So yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm with I'm with that for sure. I mean, will they continue because he plays the tight end position? Who knows? But the team needs pass catchers at this point. Can't always just be Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne. So yeah, I'm with it. Excellent. Jen, you, you, you buying Evan Ingram there? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, he's quietly been, uh, been pretty good. And now, as I said, he is, uh, he is above the rosterable streaming qualifications, so I can't list him anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm happy cause I have him on a lot of best ball teams. So just good. let that continue to ride and go. <laughs> good. I'm happy for Evan Ingram. All, all that he's kind of gone through after that great rookie season he had, like I'm, I'm happy for Evan Ingram. I hope he thrives there. Uh, Thank you, Chris and Jen. Always a pleasure. Thanks to the listeners for tuning in. Any final thoughts before we go, Chris, Jen? I got one more. Uh, so Justin Fields, like roster ship, 
is like sitting right at like the on the edge of my typical threshold. I think he was at like 41, like 43%, like somewhere in there. So he couldn't be included in the streaming column. But like if he's out there in your league, he's the slam dunk play like for this he's week. Been good. And, yeah, he's been good like a, like for the in the past month or no, in the first month of the season, he was bottom five in completion percentage mm -hmm. over expected in EPA per play. In the last four weeks, he's been top 12 in EPA per play and league average in CPOE. So he's improving as a passer. And oh, by the way, he's like averaging like about five rushing attempts like per game as well. Designed rushing attempts. Mm -hmm. Like Matt Eberflus has actually figured out he has an athletic passer like under center and he actually wants to use him that way. So, it's great. They're yeah. moving him outside of the pocket. It's great. Yep. Going up against y'all's Dolphins like this weekend. I mean, it's definitely a decent matchup. I'm not expecting anything from Chase Claypool, but at the very least, if Justin Fields can continue doing things with the current set of personnel that he has for week nine, he would be the top streamer if he was uh, if he met the threshold requirements. Yeah. And we'll just hope Bradley Chubb doesn't take his head off. That's what we'll hope. So, yeah. All right. Thank you so much again. Uh, don't forget to, sub to subscribe to this podcast, listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL, at Chris Allen FFWX, and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have a good day.